What's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Hey, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. My name is Pam. And I'm Jeremy. And Pam, you probably should have started the show with a howdy or a... Hi, hey y'all. y'all. Hey y'all. It's Kelly Clark. I can't do it. I cannot do a Southern accent for the life of me, so I'm not going to bother. But yes, Jeremy, let everyone know what we're going to be talking about today. Well, if you did not even bother to look at the title of this week's podcast, this week, Kelly Goes Country, as we uh, discuss the long history that Kelly Clarkson has with country music uh, in this week's episode, we're going to be discussing uh, all of the songs that she's recorded the duets in which she has been a part, plus all of the uh, p- performances that she has done of country classics. And there is quite a few of them. In fact, we're, we don't even have the ability to do every single one of them because there has been so many throughout her nearly 20 year career. And Pam, you know, I mean, I think we first and foremost have to sort of talk about the elephant in the room when we discuss Kelly and country music. And that is the long rumored country album project that at least in my opinion i think has been shelved for good yeah i don't know because i think you're i don't think we're, we would see a country album anytime soon but i do think down the line even if that's 15 years from now i could see it happening but she's constantly surprising us with new country projects we have some dolly parton stuff the nine to five cover um, or duet rather. So you never know. You know what? This could just be a taste of what's to come for the future. I would, I don't really, I'm not like a huge like cheerleader being like, yay, let's get a country album. Like I really could be fine with that one. But if we were to get one, I'd hope it would be in like a similar vein to like uh, Little Big Town, Miranda Lambert, Casey Musgraves vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like one or two little, you know, gems in there that are like, traditional country if i could use that for lack of a better term but classic country um but i would be okay if we didn't get it yeah i i mean at this point you know she has nothing to prove to anybody whether or not you know she just decides hey this whole vibe that i'm sort of recording right now is sort of sounding country I don't know if it's necessarily where i'm going with this but and i think that that's kind of what happened when she did record all of those country demos was that, um, you know, they decided, Hey, this is kind of a country sounding vibe and maybe this is going to be, you know, some sort of a special project. And, you know, based off of uh, talking with Jason Halbert, you know, we, we do know for a fact that country material was recorded, but it sounds like it was recorded so long ago that the reason why I, and I've sort of never really divulged my reasons for why I don't think that the country project ever be released is because you know kelly herself has said that she believes you know her voice is getting stronger and stronger as she gets older she sounds way different than she does when she was in her 20s and even her early 30s and so to release a project that continues to age as each year goes by i don't know if it makes a lot of sense for her to put out something that sonically does not sound like how she sounds today because we we know that this country project was recorded quite a while ago. I mean, we're I mean possibly approaching nearly ten years ago. Yeah. And so, how is that going to sound versus how she sounds today? And I don't know if she would go through the trouble of going back and re-recording those songs. So this is where I believe that the the country project is is not going to see the light of day. Would love to be proven wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not rooting against a country project, but. I just think that the way that it all stacks up, I think it's just going to be one of those things that sits in the vault and then, you know, years and years down the line when, you know, they're putting out tribute stuff and they say, oh, we unearthed this entire unreleased country album from Kelly Clarkson from back in the 2010s. Um, that's the kind of thing that that's when it eventually gets released. Um, but, you know, Kelly does have a long, a long history with country. Never mind the fact that, you know, she's a Texas girl grew up around it. She, she has a long history of, uh, you know, country icons who are her heroes. Um, we're definitely going to be talking about that a lot, but even the first recorded material that we ever heard from Kelly, and this is stuff that predates American idol 
the infamous four-track demo CD that leaked out to fans early on in Kelly's career. I mean, one of those songs is a country song in To Make You Feel My Love. So Kelly has had country in her DNA all throughout her career. And obviously with her recent appearance on the ACM Awards performing Dolly Parton's song, I Will Always Love You, uh, it was not Whitney Houston's song. Uh, that's kind of one of the reasons why we wanted to do this episode today. And I think, Pam, the best place to start off with would be just the songs that she did that were officially considered released country songs. Like Kelly songs. Not yes. Like, yes. So um, I actually, just, Jeremy, I just added one about 30 seconds ago that I forgot existed. Oh, uh, the did? very first, The very first one on our list. Uh-huh. So uh, 2011, 2012, give or take, um, right after the Stronger album came out, Kelly recut the lead single, Mr. Know-It-All, and did a country version of it. That's right. And, uh, you know, it's, I kind of forgot about this. I never think to listen to it. I mean, I don't really ever think to listen to Mr. Know-It-All, but... It was a pretty decent cover. Yeah, it's it's not bad. I mean, it's the it's the one and only song of her catalog that she has gone back and completely re-recorded for a different format. And this is not unheard of for artists to do this. In fact, you know, many country artists uh, actually do it the other way, where they record country versions and then they also record pop versions of their songs so that they can get uh, more opportunities for airplay. I mean, gosh, if I remember right, Shania Twain put out an entire album that was a double album it was called up and it had two discs one was the country disc the other was the pop disc and it was the same album they just produced it two different ways one with pop uh music and the other with country music and so you kind of and this was like at the absolute apex of shania twain's popularity when she had become a crossover country and pop artist and so they were literally appeasing both fan bases by saying, oh, you don't care for country Shania? Well, listen to this disc. If you don't like pop Shania, listen to this one. Uh, but this is the only case in where Kelly has gone back and re-recorded one of her songs to be a different format styling in all. And like you, Pam, you know, I don't think a ton about not only Mr. Know-It-All, but especially the country version. Uh, it performed, I would say, respectfully, uh, on the country charts, uh, it, was, it was nothing blew out of the water by any stretch, but it's a nice country nod to this particular song. And I would be very interested to hear if she were to go back and re-record other songs. And, and I'm not saying have her do it now, but like if she were to put out other songs as more country vibes moving forward would be really interesting to hear. I'm, I'm curious, like hearing songs from Meaning Alive. I don't know if you could make any of those songs country. The next song we have that is purely Kelly recording an original country song is a song that didn't actually end up on a Kelly Clarkson album. It was a song that ultimately ended up being sort of one of those standalone released on its own iTunes type singles. And this is Tie It Up. This was the song that Kelly recorded pretty shortly after getting engaged to Brandon. And I mean, it literally is a song all about getting engaged and getting married. And so she was obviously feeling her life at that point and wanted to put it down in song. They felt like they came up with something really good and ended up being kind of a cute little moment in, in Kelly history. Uh, it's a fun video that involved a lot of fans uh, with them sending in their videos of their respective weddings and such. And I actually listened to this song for the first time in a long time yesterday, and I forgot how, you know, it's kind of a cute little banger. It's, I like this song a lot. Like, even though I have never been close to being engaged or married, I think it's, I can still like, ro like rock out yeah. to this. It's a really fun song. I mean, yes, it's, I, I don't think we will ever hear her mention this song ever again or sing it, but, um, you know, it was good for that time. I think it came out. Um, around 2013 it was before Kelly got married. She performed it a lot on the, I think on the Honda civic tour with Maroon five, she performed it on that tour. Um, that's when we were talking to Anar and he had mentioned that there was like a, a prank that, that Aben had done with the uh, garlic. Yes. That was that yep, song. That's right. So, um, 
it's a great song. You know, it was it was co-written with um, Shane McAnally, who, if you don't know, is a major, major writer for country and a little bit of pop. Um, and Josh Osborne and Ashley Arison, mm-hmm. which was a fun little yeah. thing. So I really like this song. And this is like the kind of country that I would be cool with her doing, which would be more of like a pop rock country. Like that's what I'm yeah. into. So this was definitely up my alley. I don't know if there was any talk on the part of RCA to work this as a single at all because it just wasn't. But if this song would have gotten a little more notoriety, it could very well have been one of those songs that ended up getting played at a lot of wedding receptions or, you know, bachelorette parties or whatever. Um, Just because of obviously, I mean, it's so blatantly, obviously themed that it just is one of those songs that, you know, you you hear it at a wedding reception and it just obviously fits the moment perfectly. But I think that this song is so obscure that most people who would really enjoy having it as a part of their celebrations don't even know that it exists. So sort of bad form on RCA's part to not try to really get this song out there. And it could very well have been one of those songs that, you hear at every single wedding reception. Uh, but unfortunately it sort of fizzled out and that's, that's off. That's too bad. I, I think that's a huge, huge missed opportunity for this song. Yeah. I mean, Kelly might be happy about it, but as a, from a marketing standpoint, yeah, it was definitely a missed opportunity, but um, yeah, you know what? It's again, it's, it's one of those songs I never ever think to listen to, mm-hmm. but no, now that we're talking, I may, I may listen again because it's been many years since I've heard both of these tracks. And it was one of those songs that I actually had to go back and double check and make sure that I even owned because again, it doesn't come on a traditional album. So it's, it comes as its own sort of standalone single. And, you know, I scroll through my, my phone. And of course, if I scroll too fast, I miss it because it goes right on by because it's the one and only song on it. Uh, By the way, the album art, if you will, the single art uh, shows Kelly in a wedding dress. She's holding sunflowers and she's got her hands tied by with a rope to another person that she's looking at off off the scene or off the screen. And, and you know, gives her another reason to sort of those are the early days when she was really showing off that giant ring, uh, ring that she had. Uh, I have seen the continuation of that picture, and it is, in fact, Brandon that she's tied to. Yep. I was just thinking, I think there's like a photo shoot somewhere out there on like YouTube. All right. Uh, our next song that's sort of the last of the sort of original country, true country songs that Kelly has recorded. This one I, I, I mentioned last just because it was made to technically be country because the character was country. Uh, but this is her contribution to the Trolls World Tour soundtrack uh, and the song Born to Die. I love this song. I know I've mentioned it before. It's one of the songs that like, I don't know if I can name any other song from Trolls. I don't even know if Kelly's in other ones. She probably is. But this is the only song that I can think of when I think of the Trolls franchise. You don't think you and, don't think of the Justin Timberlake song at all? Oh, is that the Just Sing song? It's the Can't, can't I, Stop This Feeling. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I mean like Kelly related. Oh, okay. I'm like, I think Trolls and I think the Justin Timberlake song 99 times out of 100. I also kind of forgot it was from that movie. Listen, I haven't seen the movie, so I'm, I just, I'm whatever, not the point. The point is I love this song so much and it's crazy that it was cut for a children's movie yeah. when this is like a properly like kind of dark song. Uh-huh. This is pretty dark lyrically and the vibe is so not what like a six-year-old would probably listen to, but Man, if she made a country album around this song, oh my goodness, I would love that. It's like emo country. She could even call the album Delta Dawn. Delta Dawn. <laughs> it's so good, and the the vocals are really good. There's a lot of emotion in the song. And, I mean, even though I'm, I love it, I never think to listen to it. And I'm like, damn it, I need to do that. Yeah. But, uh, guys, we need to, d- like, discuss the song more. Like, it's actually really good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I listened to it again yesterday for the first time in a really, really long time. And I thought, oh, man, you know, I I kind of slept on this song a little bit. Just be, I mean, but again, it was a children's movie soundtrack song. You know, there wasn't anything really overly special about it. 
And, you know, the, the movie, you know, did okay for a kid's movie. And that's really all. I mean, there wasn't much to that particular film. And so they didn't really push the songs. Um, kind of was what it was, but yeah, you know, kind of a nice little nugget, especially if you're a Kelly fan, it's a, it's a good little tune. If, uh, if you're unfamiliar, I, I highly recommend you go out and seek it out. Yes, absolutely. All right. So for the rest of the country tunes that were not necessarily duets with Kelly, the rest of these are covers. And I mean, the majority of them come on a set of albums that we recently talked about at great length on the podcast and that was the Smokestack Sessions, Volume 1 and Volume 2. A couple of them uh, are some of the, you know, in my opinion, some of the greatest country songs of all time. Uh, she did a cover of I Can't Make You Love Me by Bonnie Raitt. Uh, that one is on the first Smokestack Sessions. Uh, and again, just an unbelievable song uh, from an incredible artist. And then Smokestack Volume 2 had a couple of, again, in my opinion, some of the greatest country songs of all time. You've got Your Cheatin' Heart by Hank Williams and then Walking After Midnight by Patsy Cline. Uh, obviously, she nails them both. Like, you would be surprised that, you know, Kelly wouldn't absolutely slay anybody's covers. But when it comes to country in particular, she really, really feels like she gives that little extra something that just gives these songs so much emotion. Yeah. Walking After Midnight was a cover that a lot of us fell in love with uh, during the All I Ever Wanted tour. And so it was so great to see that we actually got like a studio version of it. It was one of my favorite covers from that time. And I think you're right because this might be a, a bit of a controversial statement, but I feel like a lot of modern country, especially like I feel like a lot of it is really just pop music that they brand as country because maybe mm -hmm. it's like you know, someone who has had one country song. Oh, she's a country singer, but it's really just pop music. So I think mm -hmm. what's very unique about these covers in particular is that the way that she sings has that kind of like, forgive me if I give the wrong terminology, but it has that like vocal flair to it. That's like, it's like an actual twang. She's mm -hmm. singing in a country style. She's not just like a pop artist singing along to a, country melody there's a big difference with that um and that's why i think if she were to do a country album she would stand out because she sounds like authentic country her voice does yes totally agree uh and especially when we hear these smokestack tunes either of the three uh they're all really really good i mean you know bonnie Raitt is not what you would call your your stereotype country artist just because she doesn't have that like intense twang like a patsy Cline. i mean not even patsy Cline. i mean she didn't even have the like reba I mean, we'll say reba yeah reba that's an excellent example you know she doesn't have the twang like reba does but it's still just a really really good singer songwriter country tune uh you know hank williams i mean that is as twang as it gets and even though she doesn't do it in an affected manner uh, she still brings the twang on that particular song, and it's it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, the last one on our list is I. This is country, right? Yeah, I think technically it is considered country, but I, I think again, since it's a Christmas song, I think it has been sort of assimilated into just the kind of the the Christmas lexicon. And okay. in that case, unless you are a modern country artist or you are a very very big classic country artist these songs all just kind of get melded together whether they're pop or country or whatever so the one that we did include which maybe is a bit of a stretch is her cover of all i want for christmas is you by vince vance and the valiants and mm -hmm. um i like this song this was a song that like i really did not care about when it came out i just was like okay it's fine and then, like, I think this past year when I listened to it more, I'm like, this is a bop. Like, this is really good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's cute. Yeah, I've always I've always loved the original version. And I was really excited. Of course, funny thing was, is when we first saw that Kelly's covering All I Want for Christmas is You, you instantly jumped to the Mariah Carey tune. But then you forget that there was a previous song that was made years before the Mariah tune that was also excellent. Uh, which is obviously the uh, the Vince Vance and the Valiants cover and or song and she yeah she killed it and it's really really good you know again 
one of those songs that you listen to it and you don't really think of it as being country, but it is about as country Christmas as she has gotten in her career. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. And again, like she makes it so uniquely country. It's not just like, oh yeah, I'm from Texas. So I'm just going to sing a country song. It's like, she actually puts the effort in to make it sound a little country. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And uh, speaking of country Christmas, uh, we're going to move on to some of the duets that Kelly has done with various country artists. And since we're already on a Christmas kick, we might as well uh, jump in here with a couple of the Christmas covers that she has done with other people. And in this case, uh, they're all country artists. First and foremost, we have to go to the most recently released and that would be her song Underneath the Mistletoe with Brett Eldridge. Uh, that, of course, included on the When Christmas Comes Around album. And then it was released a year prior uh, as a standalone single around the holiday season. Uh, again, another, you know, fun. I mean, you know, Brett Eldridge is sort of of that new sort of, and I I'm not trying to offend anybody when I say it this way. But Brett Eldridge sort of is lumped in amongst the bro country of nowadays. Yeah. And so uh, it, it, this is a little more of a modern sounding country Christmas song. Uh, whereas if you get to, you know, Baby It's Cold Outside by with her and Ronnie Dunn, uh, you know, Ronnie Dunn, obviously a part of Brooks and Dunn and one of the most, I mean, the most legendary country duo of all time. And you also mix in a song that is, you know, decades old. Uh, it has a completely different sound and vibe to it. You know, Ronnie Dunn is is very classic country sounding. Uh, he doesn't have that sort of pop feel to him like a Brett Eldridge would, even though Brett, you know, again, very like twangy country. But still, Ronnie Dunn just has that like classic country sound to him. Yeah. Uh, so she had Baby It's Cold Outside on Wrapped in Red. And then we also had, obviously, uh, the trio, uh, since it's not a duet, it's a trio of her, Reba, and Trisha. Uh, doing Silent Night, uh, which was uh, also included on Cautionary Christmas Tale, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they performed. Oh, no, excuse. They yeah, performed was it, that it. Or was it? Yeah, and was it also at Miracle on Broadway too? Oh man, or did I make that up? No, it, it might have happened. I don't remember. I know they were both there. So I'm just getting my Miracle on Broadway years combined. But we'll get to that a bit later. Um, yeah. I have one correction, but it's my fault because I typed out this list. It is under the mistletoe, not underneath the mistletoe. That that was my bad. Oh, we're thinking underneath the tree. Yeah, that's what that we was were my thinking. Yeah. Under, under the mistletoe, yeah, under, excuse us. Under some stuff, whatever. Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> under I, some sort of holiday foliage. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, yeah, I definitely would put Brett Eldridge in that category, but at the same time, he stands out compared to a lot of them because, like, his voice is so rich. And mm-hmm. I, I know I, I mentioned this a couple months ago. Like, I that so that duet really came to to grow on me. Um, maybe it's cold outside. I will never be a fan of like. Yes, it's catchy and like I have nothing against Ronnie Dunn. It's just the song itself is pretty cringe and I can just really never get over that. Yeah. Um, and Silent Night is gorgeous. You know, we love it. So, you know, there's really no other comment. So one other Christmas song that I actually forgot about, another one of those songs that I've listened to a handful of times, never thing to listen to, is actually a duet that she did with Blake Shelton for his 2012 Christmas album. And the song is called There's a New Kid in Town. This is another one of those songs that I think I listened to once yeah. and have not revisited. I'm sure it's great. I just, again, it's, there's so many songs and we're going to mention some more because we're not going to go in depth on all of these duets, but there are some that I just listen once or twice and not that I have anything against them. I just forget because the more Kelly exists, the more music she puts out, the less bandwidth my brain can handle on remembering all of these songs. Ain't that the truth, man? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll step away from Christmas and we'll get back to some other uh, really great Chris uh, country, rather not Christmas country duets that Kelly did. And really, there are you could argue three, but I think that I think the third would be a sentimental pick. There really are two massive country duets that Kelly has done. Uh, throughout her career that really, really stand out. And first and foremost, we have to talk about her duet with her mother-in-law-ish, uh, Reba McIntyre, when the two of them got together to do Because of You. It was a big hit on country radio, had a wonderful video to go along with it. Uh, we obviously got it as part of Two Worlds, Two Voices, which we'll talk more about uh, in a little bit. Uh, I mean, this one is 
I would say it's up there in the top, definitely top five, maybe top three of her duets of all time. Yeah. I mean, it's not my favorite by any means. I don't know if that's another controversial statement, but like, I thought it was a cool concept. Like I coming from, you know, the New York area in the early mid 2000, or I guess at that point it was the late 2000s country radio didn't exist here. Like obviously people knew some people were country fans, but as a general consensus, a lot of people here were not familiar with modern country, including myself. So a lot of this was an introduction to me for me to country music and um, like Reba, the whole thing was like, a that was brand new for me. So I appreciated this, this cover, but I was like, almost why change a good thing? Cause the original is so good. I think the duet's great. I do, but I mean, as a Kelly Homer, I just have to love the original more, but yeah, I do like the success that this gave Kelly in the country world, the success and the respect because the fact that Reba McIntyre wants to cut your song and redo your song is a huge deal for anyone, especially like a 24, 25 year old pop star. Mm-hmm. So um, it did really well. I think it was on Reba. Reba did a duets album, I think. That's right. This was on there. So and this was probably like one of the lead singles. Um, and yeah, I mean, as we as Jeremy mentioned, it did really catapult a whole new thing for them, including a big two leg tour. But um I always just wonder what would have happened if we had gotten the original duet we were supposed to be getting, which was an original song called a lot like you that we mentioned um, in our episode a couple weeks ago with uh, Jackie, when she went to see the crossroads special, which we'll get into, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. I like it, but I definitely don't think it's my favorite. Do you, but do you agree though, that it is one of the better duets that she has Define better. I mean, it's just as quality. I mean, you know, the the performance by both of the artists together on the track. I mean, isn't it isn't it one of the best that she's done or that she has? I guess so. Um, it's very non-committal. I don't know. I'm hearing, like, I'm never gonna. I'm not hearing you put it in the top five. No, I'm not. I would never wow. like. I would never seek this song out. Interesting. No, I like. I think it's fine. Like, I like the video, but like. I love the original so much and I just don't think the song needed to be a duet. Mm -hmm. So sorry. All right. That's all right. (laughs) Uh, The other massive duet that she has uh, is probably the biggest duet of her career. And that was uh, her teaming up with Jason Aldean for don't you want to stay? You know, this is, uh, I mean, I loved the song when it was out. This is sort of one of the songs of Kelly's catalog and I am counting it as Kelly's catalog, even though it was on Jason's My Kind of Party album. I I have burned on this song so much. And maybe it's just because when this song was out and popular, I was working in uh, adult contemporary, like top 40 radio. And so I was hearing this song every two, two and a half hours. And it just, it got to the point where I was like, okay, I've seen this song enough. I don't. I don't need to see it anymore. I don't need to hear it anymore. Um, I mean, look again, I would also, that said, I would say it's definitely one of her top five duets. It's an excellent song. It was tailor made to be a duet. Um, and I, and I, and I love that she is the one who is on this. It's kind of funny too, to me though. And I, and I know I'm starting stuff here and I'm, I'm stirring the pot, but I thought it was funny that, Later on in his career, Jason did a duet with Carrie Underwood. And I, I'm not trying to always pit the Kelly and Carrie fan bases against each other, but it's sort of one of those things that naturally happens purely because of the idol of it all. But this song is so much more superior to his duet with Carrie Underwood that, I mean, they don't even compare. And and the the hit with, uh, or the the duet rather with Carrie was a hit, I just think that this one is far superior and that's not my Kelly Homer coming through. That's me being a music person listening to this two songs on equal footing. I don't even know if I know the Carrie version or the Carrie mm-hmm. track rather, but I completely think your point is valid about it getting so overplayed and so saturated. Um, I think the probably the general public who is not working in radio and does not hear it every two hours was like probably doesn't feel the same because yeah, I think it did. It did really well. Even in New York, it did well when we like finally launched a country station here. But 
Um, this would be one of my absolute favorite duets by her. I, th- I, I love this song. It's the perfect mix of country and pop. As you said, it did a lot of crossover. Um, but I guess because I didn't hear it as much as you, I, it, it's still exciting for me to listen to. But I think this was interesting because, yeah, it did end up on Jason's album, but it also ended up on Stronger. Right. So it really was. I mean, it was a featuring Kelly Clarkson song. Technically, it wasn't like a 50-50 do- like thing. But I think they did a really great job. They've even performed this live um, on some award shows. It was a massive hit. And uh, I think it's interesting because Jason was around. He had a bit of a career, but this was the album that really launched him. And I would like to think that this duet definitely helped. Um, I think because I, I don't think he was nearly as much of a household name prior to this, this album of his. Mm -hmm. And I love the song. I think this is in one of my top three best duets. Like I definitely think this is, this is controversial. I know. I think I like this a lot more than the Because of You duet by far, just from like the melody. All right. Was it uh, was it piece by piece or was it the stronger tour that she did this? I mean, I mean, I was assuming it'd be the stronger tour, right? Yeah, because it came out during Stronger. Right. Because I know that I went to a show where because when Kelly would perform it in concert, she did it with a hologram of Jason Aldean. And the show that I went to, the hologram malfunctioned. And it made for a really, really awkward performance. We'll have to post that YouTube video when this episode is out uh, because it's a little, it's a little dicey to watch. You know, they, sometimes the holograms up on the screen when Jason is singing, sometimes it's not it. The whole thing just didn't work. Uh, and it was a pretty funny moment. And I always think of that whenever I hear this song uh, for some reason. So uh, yeah, that's, don't you want to stay? Um you know, Pam, I, I kind of want to go back a little bit to Christmas because I feel like we sort of half missed one Christmas duet. And I, the problem is, is that I don't think of this song, even though it completely was on a Christmas album, I don't think of this song as a Christmas song. And this is a very recent example, and it is Kelly's duet with Chris Stapleton and Glow off of When Christmas Comes Around. You're right. You know, it's right here. It's literally right in front of us. Um and it just, yeah, you're right. It, it It's it's like the one song on the album that's like a non-Christmas Christmas song, kind of like on Wrapped in Red, I feel like, Just For Now was kind of that example. Like it's a non-Christmas Christmas song. Um, you and I have stated our feelings towards Glow. It's good, but we thought there could have been a lot more given Chris Stapleton and Kelly together. Like it could, I think yeah. there was way more potential. It's good, um, but not our favorite. Yeah, I, I mean, I... I just don't have the same love that everybody else has for this song. I think it's a great song. I think both of the vocal performances are excellent. There is just something that has hooked everybody else about this song that did not hook me. I still listen to it. I still like the song. I will. I don't skip it or anything like that. It's just one of those songs. that's just like, all right. Yeah, that was good. I don't. And I just, I keep reading all these people going like, oh my God, glow is the best song on the whole album. It's such a great song. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't hear what everybody else is hearing, but maybe someday it'll eventually uh, click with me and and I'll be there with everybody else years and years later. I mean, listen, if it took me four years to start to somewhat like Christmas Eve, Mm -hmm. I have faith in you. Great. Uh, another one of Kelly's duets that she has with a country artist is this is actually one of my favorites and it's, I think a, bit of a forgotten song just because it was a bonus song to the greatest hits album and that's her duet with vince gill called don't rush and i mean this is completely intentionally made as a christmas christmas i have christmas on the mind now uh it's an it's completely intentionally made as a country song Uh, i mean you have the slide guitar right from the beginning of the song and it is just a really really pretty song Uh, again Great vocal performances by both. I think Vince is a little underused in the song. You know, I think he could very well have had his own verses yeah. uh, instead of just being sort of like a background vocalist for the chorus. Um, but otherwise, it's a it's actually a really, really good song. I don't know if I can't remember uh, because I'm just I'm again, things that have been pressed pushed out of my mind. I don't know if this song got released to country radio during the time of greatest hits, but if it didn't, it was a missed opportunity. 
I feel like I may have heard it on the radio. I'm not sure. It would make sense. I mean, to have people like us on pop radio and don't rush over on country radio. I mean, why not? Yeah, I I don't know. I think it, I feel like it might have been. Real, I'm not sure, but I mean, I know like they. I know they performed it on one of the country award shows at one point. And you're right. Like I love this song. It's so sweet. The imagery in the in the lyrics is fantastic, and it's just a very like mellow, cute song. And, um, but you're right. I think Vince could have had a little bit more on it. He, if you didn't know that it was like featuring Vince Gill, you easily could have just thought it was Kelly Clarkson singing and having background singers doing some of the stuff on the chorus. So he definitely could have been a little more more prominent, but, um, despite that, I think it's a fantastic cover or duet rather. And, uh, I'm really happy she did it. It was, a again, a new side of country that we hadn't heard her do prior to this. And I think that's the cool thing about her as an artist. She is so eclectic. So she can do country, but she can do five different subgenres in country music. Yeah, I just went and checked uh, you know, my, my fact sheets and uh, Don't Rush actually was a country single. Uh, it did chart in the mid-20s on the country billboard charts. Uh, so it did okay, you know, didn't light the world on fire, but, uh, nonetheless it did chart as a country single. Um, and they did perform it together on, uh, the CMA awards back in 2012. Uh, so yeah, I, I wish the song did, uh, again, have a little bit more Vince skill, but otherwise it's a great song nonetheless. And one that I still happily listen to whenever it pops up. Yeah. So Kelly has a couple of other country duets that maybe weren't nearly as like, big in the limelight they weren't all over radio or all over the internet but they were still with really big artists and i think we should take a little bit of time to mention them Mm -hmm. um the first one i want to talk about is her duet another duet with trisha yearwood it's called prize fighter this came out uh, somewhere in the 2012 to 2014 range the year is escaping me but it was in that area um i I remember it was funny because Trisha and Garth for years would not put their stuff on streaming. And they finally did a couple years ago. You like it wasn't even up on YouTube. So it was did, just Yeah. Garth tried to Garth tried to come out with his own streaming service or he had a he had a deal with this like really tiny streaming service called Ghost Tunes. And it, I mean it just it went nowhere because despite the fact of Garth and Trisha's acumen in the in the country world it just it was not enough to bring everybody to this service yeah so like for a while this was like either on there or it was just like on a cd that you had to buy it was very much like a old school kind of thing but in a very digital era so it was very hard um and i for a couple years this song was almost kind of like a bootleg you had to find it someone had to send it to you If you found it up on YouTube, you had to rip it off of YouTube. Even though it was commercially released, you couldn't listen to it anywhere. It was wild. But yeah, Prize Fighter. um, I remember I worked at a radio station, my college station during this time, and we got a copy of it, like a physical copy, um, or it was on like like one of those like promo CDs that had multiple songs that they were promoting at the time. And I remember I told our music director, you are adding this to our library so I could be the only person to play it here because <laughs> no one at my station was near it was into country at all. But um, it's a really good song. It's something I, again, I always forget to listen to. I think it is on streaming now, but it, a couple of years ago, it wasn't. Yeah. And I mean, I know that Garth is still not on like Apple Music. Jeez. So um, I think you can find his like features, like when he's with somebody, like he duets, you can find those. But I mean, like, Garth's catalog still isn't on Apple Music, I know. Jeez, but um, it's a good song, and you can definitely hear Kelly's vocals very prominently here, even though it is mainly Trisha, as it should be. Um, it's a solid pop country song, and it's very empowering, and I really like it. And I want to re-listen to it a lot more, because I remember at the time I was very into it, but because it was such a rarity, I feel like I never took the time to really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, look, Trisha Yearwood is probably, I mean, she's behind Reba. She is the other person that Kelly duets with the most. Um, And, you know, Prize Fighter was one of those songs. I gave it one or two listens and then it just sort of got filed away and I never returned to it. And I think it is because Kelly is not 
as featured in the song. I mean, like you said, she, her vocals are very prominent. I actually did go back and listen to this song uh, yesterday. And I mean, she's there, but without her being a little more featured in the song, like if it were to be a back and forth duet, like, don't you want to stay? I probably would rank this song higher or, you know, would probably pay more attention to it. But because Kelly is sort of treated like a background vocalist, a la Vince Gill, the song doesn't really register much for me. But I mean, she does. I mean, she duets with Trisha a lot. I mean, we've already talked about one with her and Reba on the Christmas album. They duetted again with Reba uh, for, was it Softly and Tenderly? Was that the song? Uh, that is a song I listened to approximately one time in my life, but um, <laughs> I could not tell you how it goes. I think it was for, it was, for a, was it for a Reba album? You, she, I mean, that I don't know. I didn't I don't know. look that information up. Softly and Tenderly. Uh, it's a couple years old. Um, yeah. And then this one I, I rediscovered yesterday that I, again, probably listened to once because it's the same. It's the same thing. It's a very much like a Vince Gill prize fighter situation, which is the Trisha song. Tell me something I don't know. And Kelly does kind of the same thing, like kind of some background vocals, which you if you know that she's on the track, you're like, oh, yeah, that's Kelly's voice. But it can get very, very, very lost. Yeah. Uh, the other. Uh- notable country duet uh, that Kelly has done is one that Pam and I have never heard before. And if you're listening to this in real time, you probably haven't heard it either. And that is uh, because it hasn't been released yet. Oh, I was like, Uh, what are you getting at? (laughs) How dare you assume Uh, this is uh, the much talked about upcoming duet with Dolly Parton as they are redoing nine to five. Uh, obviously, you know, this was the very first, if you want to call it a Kelly Oki song. Uh, it was the first Kelly Oki song on the Kelly Clarkson show, season one, episode one. It was an excellent way to start off the run of the talk show, and she killed that. So I'm very excited to hear these two together on this song. I just think it's going to be wonderful, uh, and I'm very excited to hear it. I'm excited to hear it, and I'm excited for the you know, the viral status that it's going to have. I think it's going to yeah. do really well. I think people are going to respond to it very well and uh, just ra- keep on raising Kelly up there. You know, people, people, ha- you know, have been realizing over the last couple of months and years, especially with the Ariana Grande stuff. I said her name, right. Um, <laughs> you know, with like, uh, that's my jam or the uh, Santa, can you hear me duet? She's getting bigger and bigger. And then mm-hmm. Dolly's even going to add another layer to that. And she's going to get even bigger than that. So I'm just excited for the world to keep waking up and finally realizing that Kelly is amazing. Um, before we kind of close out the, the duet portion of the episode here, I mean, she did a lot of stuff with her voice contestants who ultimately were positioned as uh, country artists. So, you know, Jay, Caleb, Chevelle, uh, all of those artists, you know, she obviously performed duets with them on the show. Yeah. So, Basically, she had, I guess the way that it works, especially in like later episodes of The Voice, like once you get closer to the finale, they start cutting some of the duets between the contestants and the coaches and they put them up on like iTunes and all or Apple rather. So we have a couple of those. So she did Rockin' with the Rhythm of the Rain with Chevelle. She did um, Winter Song with Jake Hoot. And then she also has, she's also featured I, on two original tracks by her voice contestants. Right. Um, the first one is I Dream in Southern by Kate with Caleb Lee. I did, I think I listened to this once. I don't remember. Same. Um, and then I Would Have Loved You with Jake Who. And they had like a music video that went with it. It's actually a really solid song. Um, and again, I know I want to go back and listen to that because that's I don't think I've listened to it since the video came out. But it's a solid one. Um, yeah. And then we have, a you know, I think what, two, two more. Yeah, two others on our list that are with prominent people. We just kind of didn't mention. So the first one is keeping score with Dan and Shay. Um, I wasn't impressed with this one. Thoughts. Yeah. I like Dan and Shay, but you know, this one didn't really move the needle for me. Mm -mm. And then the other one is one that came out uh, probably in the early 2010s. It is her duet with Martina McBride within the basement. It was not their first duet, which we're going to get into in a little bit. But um, I thought this was, this is a fun cover. I really like it. The only problem I have with it is that it's so repetitive. So it gets mm-hmm. old very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, a lot of these songs are one and dones for me. 
with all due respect to the songs, I just I don't go back and listen to them all that much. It's fair because especially if Kelly is a feature, a lot of times she's maybe getting a verse if we're lucky. But sometimes, as we saw, she's only getting some background vocals. And at that point, it's like, do I need to listen? Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, Kelly's country TV appearances. And we're going to kind of lump in another area into this particular uh, section. Uh, I mean, there's been a lot of times when Kelly's been on uh, in a country capacity. You know, she's a a welcome guest, so to speak, and is an often guest at country award shows, uh, as we've just recently seen with the ACM Awards. Uh, you know, she's done Crossroads, uh, obviously, with Reba. Uh, you know, she's sung songs from uh, from American Idol or on American Idol for country songs. Yeah, this is where we sort of get, you know, it gets a little muddy because when you're talking TV, this these formats can run the gamut. So we're not going to go crazy into Crossroads because we we had an episode about this a bit um, a couple episodes ago with our guest Jackie. But uh, so yeah, CMT Crossroads, a very cool concept of pairing country artists and an artist in a different genre. So um, Kelly and Reba did a concert at the Ryman auditorium in Nashville in 2007 and it aired on CMT and it was they, even though they had duetted in the past and Kelly um, on American Idol, actually they did a cover, like it was a post idol thing, mm-hmm. right? They did a cover of does he love you back in 2002. Kelly guested on the Reba McIntyre sitcom show Reba. Um, right. But this was CMT Crossroads was the first time that we really saw the two of them have like a full relationship with music, not just one performance. And this ended up was the start of a really long relationship that is still going on today. So we got them basically covering each other's songs. It was a very cool concept. And that's kind of how because of you came to be was through this special. Um, and then obviously it, it begets the uh, the Two Worlds, Two Voices uh, tour, which again, we will talk about here in just a couple of minutes. Yeah. Um, and then Kelly also did, just if we're talking about Reba, because why not? She also did, um, back in 2006, she performed on a special called CMT Giants. It was just a big tribute thing to Reba. So a lot of artists were there, mainly country artists performing different Reba songs. So Kelly was there. She performed Reba's song, Why Haven't I Heard From You?, um and just blew the roof off of that place i think a lot Mm -hmm. of people there were not aware of kelly clarkson being able to do country and i think a lot of people were taken aback in the best way possible um she also did a very uh well-known performance with martina mcbride they did does he love you and it's i am obsessed with that with all this the giant stuff i think they just did i think kelly did such a great job and that was Really, my introduction to country music was the CMT Giant special. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, excellent choices. Uh, also, we mentioned that Kelly did the cautionary Christmas tale Christmas special. Uh, she had lots of country artists. Shock of all shocks. Reba was there uh, as well as Trisha Yearwood, obviously, um, since the three of them had the uh, the song together on Wrapped in Red. Blake Shelton was on there as well. I mean, and now is the point where we can be like, OK, well, you know, obviously, you know, Kelly has been with Blake for a long time on The Voice and uh you know Kelly was on that show Nashville for an episode um you know there's there's lots of little and then you know then you get into the award show appearances with you know Jason Aldean and she did the Vince Gill song and Dolly I mean you know there's tons and tons and tons of those uh that we can talk about as well yeah so uh Jason Aldean they did um we're going to go just segue to award show stuff. We won't mention every single performance, but just to highlight a couple, um, when Don't You Want to Stay came out, she did some award show performances with Jason. They were great. Vince Gill, she they did end up performing um, this song once together, and mm-hmm. it was just really cool because I think also a lot of people probably weren't aware that Vince was even on the track. Um, yeah. Because you really can't hear him that well. Yeah. Um, and that was the CMA Awards in 2012. Yes. And what else? So, yeah, the Dolly Parton tribute where she did I Will Always Love You. Um, just classic, incredible. Mm. No other words. Um, and another one I wanted to point out was 
I can't even remember what the award show is called because as we've mentioned in previous episodes, there's about 20 different country award shows. So it's a little <laughs> hard to kind of keep track of all of them, but it's like one a month. Seriously, it seems like it. And she actually did a duet with, or not do well, she did a performance with Miranda Lambert, which was the most amazing thing for me because I love Miranda. Um, and they were doing a Reba medley of stuff. So that was very cool. I think Reba ended up coming in at one point and the three of them sang together. Um, so those are just a few. I don't know if you have any more to add, but if not, I have one other little point to mention. No, go ahead. So there was some, and you might be able to elaborate on this a bit more because I might be missing some details, but um, I'd say about 10, 10 years ago or so, um, there was some like country like radio conference on like a boat. Do you know okay. where? I'm- okay. You don't know where I'm getting at. Okay. Not quite. <laughs> okay. So Kelly was there um, and she ended up doing a performance with the Pistolanis. Oh, I vaguely remember hearing about this. So Pistolanis, for those of you who are not familiar with them, it's Miranda Lambert. Miranda Lambert um, and a couple of her friends had kind of like a super group. Um, They're still performing and um, it's, Ashley Monroe and Angelina Presley. Is that her last name? I think that might be her name. Um, They're really good, but I'm going to look this up right now because I know Kelly did a duet with them and like, there's like a bootleg version out there on YouTube. Um, And I don't know what ended up happening with that, but nothing really came anywhere. Um, Yeah. She didn't officially become part of the pistol Annie's or anything. That would have been awesome. You know, I can't find it. I'm sure someone listening is going to know what we're talking about. Um, If you're able to drop the link, it was literally just like one random performance that they did um, at some radio conference about 10 years ago. But I thought it was just so cool that we got Pistol Annie's and Kelly collaboration. And another thing that we kind of wanted to mention was like, you know, TV is so broad. Like, obviously, there's the Kelly Clarkson show. um, And we're we're, going to get into some tour stuff as well. We want to preface that like, there are so many country covers that Kelly has now done both on tour and on the Kelly Clarkson show. There is no possible way we're going to be able to list all of them. So we're going to mention like a few, but that's it. So, okay. right. Like, I think, sure. I think we're going to be here way too long. If we try to go down the entire list of oh, every yeah, thing she's done on the talk show or on, on tour. I just think it's almost impossible. Yeah. There's too many. So, Let's go into tour a bit. Um, as Jeremy kind of mentioned, um, Kelly has done a country tour. She's done two legs of it. It was called the Two Worlds, Two Voices Tour back in 2008. They did, her and Reba did a big tour together, massive. They did it at like arenas and uh, they did two different legs. So that meaning they went out for a couple months, the beginning of 2008. They realized it was so successful. They didn't hit all places in the country. So in the US rather. So the end of 2008 they decided to do another full tour and i got to go to round two because they finally came to the east coast and uh it was it was so much fun as someone who did not know country music i thoroughly enjoyed hearing them interpret each other's songs live i thought that was a yeah. very very cool concept they had both of their their bands out there so it wasn't like it was like Reba and her band featuring Kelly. It was really just a collaborative effort and it was a really fun thing to witness. And I would love for them to do something like that again in the future. You know, it was an interesting thing because this is pre Kelly being with um, Reba's son-in-law at that point. And so this is a major, major country superstar who doesn't need to share the stage with anybody. She packs arenas and stadiums on her own, but she takes a pop star like Kelly Clarkson. And again, this is 2008. So we haven't even gotten to all I ever wanted yet. So she's an artist who has three albums under her belt and she takes her out there and she, I mean, it is a co headline show. Both of them are, for all intents and purposes on the stage together, the entirety of the show. And the fact that Reba steps back to the background vocalist position, uh, as does Kelly, but the fact that Reba does that at all during the show was 
that really spoke volumes to the kind of performer that Reba is in that she still has humility and she recognizes, you know, that there is young talent who deserves just as much of the spotlight, even though Reba could have been the one standing center stage the entire night and everyone still would have loved the show. The fact that it was a completely shared show and every night it looked like they were having the best time. They just, you could tell, I mean, at this point again, before their family, that they're really good friends. They're having fun. They enjoy making music together. And then you add on top of that, because at the time, uh, I think either, I don't know if the Reba show was still on the air at the time or if it had just, I think it had just ended. Okay. So they bring Melissa Peterman out with them as their opening act uh, and of course, Melissa's not a musician. She's a comedian. And so she does a stand-up act uh, at the beginning of the show, which was, it, to to my knowledge, I think this is the only comedian I've ever seen open for a musician. It's It happens lots of times, but this is the first time I'd ever seen something like that. So it was very interesting. And then at some point during the show, they they brought Melissa back out and she's supposedly drunk. And uh, it was very funny. It was a, it was a, It was a fun addition to the show. Uh, but it just looked like they were having the best time and it was great because it, it really did do quite a number for Kelly to be introduced to the country audience because quite honestly, I would say that each night's audience, and maybe I could say, depending on where they played, cause maybe once they got into like the New York area, the Boston area, you know, whatever, uh, the majority of the audiences in the shows that I saw were there for Reba. And then they kind of had to sort of, I don't want to say tolerate, but they had to also go along with the fact that Kelly Clarkson was there. They knew who she was from idol since you've been gone. And that was about it. And it really did make for a wonderful full show altogether. And I, I'm not saying that I'm craving for them to do it again, but I wouldn't be mad if they did it one more time because it really was a fun, fun show. Yeah. Like, again, I know I've said this like probably five times already in this episode, but like, you know, 2008. Yes. People on in the New York metropolitan area, there were people who were country fans. I'm not going to say like no one here listened to it. I'm sure there were plenty of people, but it wasn't super common for people to know about country music or to talk about it because we, I mean, maybe in other parts of like, you know, maybe closer to Philly or closer to Boston. I don't know. Maybe there are more stations, but at least in the immediate New York metropolitan area, it, do, it did not exist. Aside from your like Shania, you know, Faith Hill stuff that was a crossover on pop radio. But it just wasn't a thing. So, again, I went into this very blindly. I went to the concert because it was a Kelly, Kelly Clarkson was there, but I left a really big Reba fan. You know, I, I knew a couple of her songs because Kelly had performed them before, but I didn't know that much. And I, I think the fact that hearing a pop star sing some country stuff really is what allowed me to start liking some country music. So I think you're right. I do think that the majority of the audiences there were there for Reba, like everywhere. Um, because she is so successful and such a legend. Um, also because in a lot of the East Coast cities, they probably didn't get a ton of country music at the time. Again, now it's like no no big deal. They come all the time. But back then it was probably a little bit more rare. So it's like, oh my God, Reba McIntyre is coming to town. And oh, Kelly Clarkson, I know a couple of her songs. Or like, sure, like my kids like Kelly. Let me bring them with me. Like oh, it was a lot of that kind of stuff. But I think you're right. I think it really did just open up a lot of audiences to the other artist. I think that's the cool part about having a multi-genre tour. Um, you know, even meaning a life, for example, like Kelsey Ballerini is definitely a big name in the country world, but for people who were big pop heads who don't necessarily listen to country, it was a good exposure for her. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that exactly example, because, you know, I think that the two worlds tour, did for Kelly what I think maybe the Meaning of Life tour did for Kelsey Ballerini. I think she made a lot of fans on the Meaning of Life tour. And equally, Kelly got a lot of country cred by going out with Reba. I mean, never mind the the stuff that they ultimately did together on, you know, recordings, award shows, TV, whatever. Going out on tour with her really solidified country's or Kelly's country cred. Uh and just she proved to more people that she really is a multifaceted, multi-genre 
singer. And I think that's why that, that tour holds such a, a strong place in my heart, just because it was such a fun tour. It looked like one of the tours where Kelly was having the most fun. You know, she smiled and laughed through that whole show. And I think she, you know, maybe even every single night was still just pinching herself, trying to believe that she was out doing what she was doing. Yeah. And I think the really cool part about having this relationship with Reba is that not only did it solidify Kelly as also a country artist and it gave her a lot of exposure, but it also introduced her to other country acts. Like that whole list of people that we had mentioned that she did the duets with. Reba was the first one, I believe. So Reba really helped, you know, I think Kelly maybe helped Jason Aldean catapult into a bit more of a household name. I don't want to take, I don't want to say Kelly is all the credit, but I think it definitely helped. I think the same thing when it comes to Reba, I think Reba helped Kelly catapult into a big little bit of a more of a household name in country music. Um, so that being said, we're going to fast forward a couple years to Miracle on Broadway. She did Miracle on Broadway twice. Um, for those who are unfamiliar with what that is, it was a uh, Christmas charity concert that Kelly held in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena in 2014 and 2016. And um, I kind of didn't differentiate like who performed which year because it's not really that important because it was definitely multi-genre. You know, I think the first year Haley Williams from Paramore was there. Megan Trainer was there. So you definitely had some pop cred. But I would say the majority both years were country artists and they were big country artists. So, well, I mean, when you do the show in Nashville, what do you expect? And at Bridgestone, but like if Kelly didn't have the ties that she did with previous years and previous duets, I don't know if she could have gotten all these people to come out because, um, you know, Kelly actually knows these artists. It's not just like, Oh, call up so-and-so because they're famous and they live in Nashville and see if they want to come out. Like, it seems like for the most part, Kelly already had, relationships with most of these artists so just to list yep. them um i might be forgetting a few people but i was looking at my miracle on broadway mug earlier for research <laughs> because if you go on wikipedia i think there's only a page for the first year they didn't have a page for the second one so um anyway we got reba of course trisha yearwood of course um ronnie dunn raylan casey musgraves before she was big yeah. Who sang Felice Navidad and it was the coolest thing. Um, Who, and she ended up putting that on her Christmas album. Did she? She did. Oh, yeah. Nice. It's, I love that version. Um, we got uh, Charles Esten or Chip Esten from the TV show Nashville, which Kelly was a guest on. Um, Garth Brooks, Kelsey Ballerini, the Steel Drivers. Some pretty solid country acts, like really A-list people that yeah. Kelly was Kelly is friends with not just like oh it's Kelly Clarkson she's a big pop star let me go for exposure like no like these are actually her friends and I think that also is such a cool thing to say you know Kelly's mentioned in many times in in interviews that she doesn't have a lot of like Hollywood friends per se but she has a lot of country friends and I'm like who cares where your friends are you know your friends are your friends yeah and she's always uh, said that you know she's very not affected by celebrity so you know, she looks at these people as just talented people who are successful in their craft. And, oh, yeah, and by the way, they just happen to be some of the biggest names in the genre on the planet. Uh, never mind. That's just a small flex. But, uh, yeah, the uh, I you know, I'm really sad that I missed the Miracle on Broadway shows. Um, this is another thing that looks like it was going to be a, a two and done kind of a thing. I don't uh, I think Kelly might be done and this you know sort of as we start to wrap up the episode this maybe kind of brings us back to the beginning conversation about how um i think that kelly's sort of nashville days her um you know her her highly country influenced days are kind of behind her now um you know and i think a lot of that has to do with um you know personal life things that have come to a close um, you know, now she's very much, it seems like she's very LA and New York because of the talk show. Now, who knows, you know, if, and when the talk show ends, you know, where she goes from there, she very well might move back to Nashville or she might or Texas. Know, move back to, yeah, or move back to Texas and the country influence comes back. And maybe then is when, you know, you get some kind of a country project. Uh, but it looks like at least for the, the foreseeable future, there's not going to be that 
really super tight Nashville influence. I mean, if you really do think about it, you know, the 2010, let's just, you know, give it a little bit of extra room. 2010 to about 2016 was the prime Nashville influence for Kelly. You've got the Miracle on Broadway shows. You've got her living, physically living in Nashville. You have her married to uh, essentially someone who's in a very large uh, talent industry in country music, despite what the courts may end up saying. Anyway, um, and then you've also got her, you know, releasing things like the Smokestack Sessions, which were recorded in Nashville, very country um, uh, influenced. And, I, and maybe I would even extend extend the years a little bit more because, you know, we do technically have those sessions uh, when she put out uh, Meaning of Life. Uh, those sort of also sort of, okay, yeah, sessions, we, yeah. yeah, we you know, we, we can say, okay, the Nashville sessions, maybe that's the grand finale of the Nashville influence on Kelly, even though she was performing those as she would hear or as you would hear them on Meaning of Life. Um, this is, again, another one of those signs that points to the fact that I think that Kelly's major country influence, even though she still is, you know, again, doing things like the ACM Awards and the Dolly Tribute, I think that a lot of her country influence is, is, I don't want to say it's waning. I just think it's not as prominent as it used to be in her career. It was kind of like Kelly went through this country phase. Like, you know, so many artists go through phases. Um, I think that Kelly definitely in her career, there is going to be, when they write the book of Kelly Clarkson, there is going to be the Nashville chapter or the Nashville years uh, where she was very heavily country influenced. That's why I think... I'm not ruling out a country album from her. I definitely don't think it's going to be like the next project because I think Atlantic probably, I mean, you know, we've already even heard Kelly talk about the, the next album. I mean, this was a couple of years ago, but it was going to be definitely more like media life meets stronger meets breakaway. I think as far as a country things goes, I think you're right. I think she's going to, if she's going to have the influence, I think she's going to have to be living somewhere down South. I don't think she's going to get the country influence being in LA. Um, and I think give, I think it's something that's going to happen down the road. I don't think it's going to be in the foreseeable future. And I think it would be a completely new take on what we think is country. Like it wouldn't be the stuff that she recorded 10 years ago, maybe recut because I'm sure a lot of those songs aren't relevant to her, her life anymore. So I think it would be definitely be more of a mature country sound, um, mature lyrics, topics, things like that. And I really don't think we're going to get it. I think I think it will happen. I just don't think it's going to be anytime soon. All right. And with that, we would love to hear your input on Kelly's country phase, if we're calling it. Uh, we want to know some of your favorite performances, maybe some of your favorite duets, uh, any part of, you know, sort of country Kelly Clarkson. We want to hear you weigh in on that. So we would love to see your comments come through on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find us online at Miss Into Podcast on all the social media networks. Yes. And if you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please leave us a rating and a review if you like what you hear. Because uh, the more you do that, the more it helps other Kelly fans discover us on their favorite podcast platform. We'll be back next week with another new episode. Until then, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Bye. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to missindiepodcast at gmail.com.